My name is Zoe Banks-Gross. I am the Head of Partnerships and Public Affairs for Sustrans in the south of England. Bristol was named the first UK cycling city all the way back in 2008 and there's been loads of positive attention following it um, but cycling in Bristol can be tough um, for new cyclists and even for you know seasoned pros. Um, you know what do you think are some of the key issues in Bristol and the south of England for cyclists? Um, so in Bristol and uh, in general, um, in the south of England and, and, and across uh, the country, there are a lot of issues around um, getting people cycling and not only just getting them onto bicycles, but um, continuing to cycle as well. So um, as you know, we've just lost, launched the Walking and Cycling Index. Uh, so we've got a Bristol report, but we also have aggregated data from the whole of the country. Um, and we can see that uh, a lot of people would like to cycle more, but it's the infrastructure that's holding them back and not feeling safe, um, whether that's because there are not enough segregated lanes for them to cycle on or the cars uh, that they do share the space with drive too close and too fast um, it's a big issue so do you think that it's improved much um, in Bristol in the last 15 years you know from maybe personal experience as well as professional um, so I think in Bristol in the last 15 years, I've lived in Bristol for the last 12 years, and I would say that um, there are some pockets of uh, improvement of infrastructure within Bristol. Um, however, there's still a lot of work to do, and the infrastructure that we have isn't as inclusive as it could be. It's not necessarily designed for um, maybe a grandmother cycling uh, on a cargo bike with a couple grandkids in tow where they can all feel safe um, and confident to use the space so we need more space that everyone feels safe in and we also need to make sure that the messages about using bicycles is something that's quite normal for everyone to use because we also still aren't seeing enough people from a broad range of minority ethnic backgrounds cycling as we do of, for example, sort of white middle class people. So Bristol 24-7 recently reported the news that there was going to be £6 million of government funding being put into things like segregated cycle lanes in Bristol the other day. Um, so we're going to see improvements in place like Park Row, Cotton Hill and Old Market, you know, is this a step in the right direction and or do you think we need to be doing more? Um, I think it is a step in the right direction but I think we always can and should be doing more. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen but uh, today, which is mid-May, um, there was a piece of research that was released about the number or the percentage of people becoming obese. Um, in this country and I think the estimate is that 42% of adults will be obese by the year 2040 so um, less than 20 years from now um, it's a huge percentage of the population um, and we know that one of the reasons that people are obese is because they're not walking and, and cycling enough and that active travel isn't the uh, preferred easy choice so we need to make that the easiest way to get around and we'll definitely need to put more money into making our public realm a space that people want to use on foot or wheel, uh, whether that's a wheelchair, mobility scooter, um, or bicycle or adapted cycle. Mm -hmm. And you spoke of pockets of Bristol being better than others um, in terms of cycling infrastructure and safety for cyclists. Where you know where in Bristol do you think we need more investment and um, cycleways need more money put into them? 
Well, I would actually say throughout Bristol, we need more investment and more money put into um, different parts of infrastructure. So um, there are some good bits of infrastructure, but I mean, we've got the Bristol Bath Railway Path, which is a really lovely linear park with green infrastructure. And I think it's seen a lot of pressure, but that's because we need more routes like that. So if you want to get into the city centre or get from one part of Bristol to another part of Bristol, um, it's actually not always very easy to go from point A to point B, and it often involves... Um, riding on a fairly busy road um, so what we need to see is actually green infrastructure with segregated space for cycles uh, so that people can cycle in both directions separated from vehicle traffic but also separated from people walking because we want to make sure that the walking environment is also really safe and welcoming for everyone as well and talking of the Bristol Bar cycle path that's probably my favorite place to cycle in Bristol is where I feel most confident um, have you got like a favourite bit of Bristol that you like to cycle in? Um, I must say that I'm also partial to the railway path. Um, I live near there and it's quite easy for me to access whether I'm cycling or I use it quite a lot for running or the school run as well. So um, it's a great bit of green space to access. Um, but I also really enjoy cycling in other parts of Bristol as well. Going out the Whitchurch Way, for example, can be really nice. There are bits of the Malago Way, which are really lovely as well, especially when it's a hot summer day, kind of going along different rivers and things. Along the Avon's also nice. There's some really, really nice bits of cycling um, and walking infrastructure in Bristol, but we just need more of it. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, aside from, like, segregated cycleways, do you think that we need to be improving safety for cyclists on the roads because I know for me when I'm you know as a reporter I'm cycling around Bristol all the time and there's not many places there's not many routes that I can take where I can be entirely on a cycle lane so you know what can we do to make roads themselves safer for walk pedestrians as well as cyclists uh, well I think having um, 20 mile per hour Zones and actually making sure that people adhere to those when they're driving is really important. Um, segregated lanes are the most ideal way um, to get around. Having adequate space, if it's not segregated, that's a big issue if, if the cycle infrastructure is too narrow um, and people aren't giving you the space that they should be um, since the highway code changed. There's also something to be said for just fewer cars on the road. Um, and I think in Bristol, it's really easy to drive um, and cheap as well. So um, other cities have successfully removed parking from the city centre and that has had a positive impact. Um, also, um, RPZs, um, again, other cities have generated quite a lot of income. In addition to that, um, I think business parking levies have been shown to work as well, encouraging employees to use active travel or public transport to get to work. There are a lot of different tools. Um, I think we need some sticks as well as carrots. We need to encourage people to be walking and cycling and using public infrastructure more and also making it um, maybe just a little bit more difficult to just hop in your car um, for the short journeys as well. I think it, it's just knowing actually um, how bad it is for the environment, how bad it is for um, our general health to be choosing a sedentary form of travel as opposed to active travel. It's, it's really important shift we need to be making. Okay. And talking of other cities, you know, what kind of other cities can Bristol be looking at to emulate in terms of 
being a cycle friendly and walking friendly city um, in terms of its culture and its infrastructure. Uh, so um, Oslo in Norway um, is an example where they've actually um, achieved Vision Zero, which is when um, nobody's dying from um, vehicle uh, incidents with bicycles or pedestrians. And they've done that, again, by removing car traffic from the city centre. They've got an excellent public transport system. They also have really good walking and cycling network. And um, I think it, it's possible. And we've seen it not just in Oslo and Norway, but, but um, cities have done this in um, the Netherlands as well. They also had a very car-dominated culture there. But because of all of the children especially that were being killed by car collisions, um, they did shift their culture. And now it's an amazing place to walk and cycle around. Um, there are cities in Germany that are doing this as well. So it's not like um, something that nobody's ever done before. We definitely have benchmarks that we can look to and we can achieve this. We just need to be a bit more visionary and work a bit harder. Mm -hmm. And so Bristol's, you know, two wheels community is a big one. You know, like a lot of people do cycle in Bristol, but definitely from my experience there does seem to be a kind of certain type of cyclist that you see in Bristol um, you know would you say that that cyclists in the city are tend to be a kind of a certain kind of person um, actually I, I guess I might take a little umbrage with the two-wheel um, notion because I see a lot of people on three wheels which I think is brilliant and um, with my critical mass project a few years ago we tried to actually get a, a tricycle um, but it was too difficult to store it in the shed that we have but I have been seeing more and more adaptive bicycles and seeing more different types of people on, on cycles so yes we've got two wheeled uh, cycles but we also have three wheeled cycles and a variety where um, people with disabilities uh, sometimes can get around a bit easier actually on a cycle than they can on foot so um, yeah, I'm seeing more and more people from different backgrounds and, and types I guess on cycles but um, I guess I also see a lot of um, whether you want to call them mammals or, or what have you um, in Bristol as well uh, so there are I guess different different types of people on bicycles or cycles but I think we need to look at it as uh, yeah lots of lots and lots of different types of people and not really trying to say that one is um, the dominant one or you know we need to make that community something that's welcoming and for everyone Definitely, yeah. You're totally right. I think it seems to be, especially in the last few years, you, you walk around or cycle around um, or get around Bristol. And you're right, like, there's so many different kinds of bikes now. And, you know, people, um, lots of, like, um, delivery bikes that have things at the back. And, yeah, it's really cool to see. I mean, I... I used to cycle um, on my tandem with my dad when I was younger um, and that was a really cool thing to do and like that allowed me to go out on the roads um, when I was a lot younger so yeah um, very cool um, so what you mentioned a, mam a mammal I think it was what is I don't think I've heard of that what is a mammal <laughs> so uh, a mammal is shorthand for a middle-aged man in lycra okay I see I see that's interesting um, so I guess what would you say the, the barriers are for maybe children um, in Bristol in terms of cycling and maybe, you know, people that aren't mammals? 
Um, I think it's great that you got the experience of getting on a bike with your dad and using a tandem. So when my child was smaller, we also had a follow me tandem that attached to my bicycle and it allowed me to cycle safely with my child attached to me, but also give them a little taste of the freedom, I guess, that um, they also need to have uh, as children, getting that sense of being able to cycle to a place um, not necessarily being attached to your parents is pretty, uh, I guess, uh, important to have that sense of independence. Um, but I think that we need a lot of improvements to make the city one that children, especially that kind of uh, shift from primary to secondary school, that they feel comfortable and confident cycling from their homes to school and as parents as well, that we feel comfortable and confident allowing them to do that because um, I'm still seeing far too many close passes I'm seeing far um, too few uh, cycle lanes um, there's just not quite enough infrastructure uh, to have that sense uh, as a parent um, that it is really well designed city for children to get around easily mm-hmm. um, and do you think that we need a coach you know do you think we need a cultural shift um, for people to feel more confident cycling around the city as well as an infrastructural shift. I'm a believer in the if, if we build it they will come but we also have to reinforce that with a cultural shift. We need to normalise cycling. It is a fantastic way of transport for everyone and um, I still see people saying it's you know it's not for me or it's okay for them but um, but actually it is something that can be for everyone and um, I think we need to encourage that so you know when I've taught women to cycle some of them have been dissuaded by other people telling them that you know they don't want to see them on bicycles or or actually calling them out for their religious identity um, and just in general I think women often um, in public space whether they're on bicycles walking or running um, we often are harassed and I don't think that's acceptable I think we need to change the way that we behave with each other and be a, a lot kinder in general but also um, we need to celebrate active travel and celebrate the fact that people are walking and cycling during the first part of lockdown I saw so many people out on bicycles that I'd never seen cycling before and it was just amazing Um, and a lot of those people said oh well there aren't any cars around and now I feel comfortable trying or getting out with my family Um, but unfortunately a lot of those people have um, stopped cycling now because it doesn't feel as welcoming and friendly and I think we need to get back to that place where it is a welcoming friendly environment and actually it's reinforced by everybody doing it. so for me, I've, in the last few months, I've kind of started to cycle recreationally as well as like using it for my work. So like I go out on a cycle with my sisters on a Sunday and that for me is like such a, an amazing experience. What for you does cycling bring to your life? Like what are the joys of cycling for you and active travel as well? Um, yeah, cycling, walking, um, active travel just brings me loads and loads of joy. I mean, it is a just easy way to factor in a bit of physical activity into my day. So I am a 
you know, busy parent and I'm working and it's hard sometimes to do as much exercise, I guess, as I would like to, but knowing I can cycle a bit to work or to do my grocery shopping or to run an errand um, just builds in a little bit more movement and yeah, that makes me feel really good. Um, I also do a lot of those kind of errands on foot, which also makes me feel really good. But I also enjoy getting out on my bicycle for recreational purposes, um, just being outside and moving around. Um, it's just, yeah, at the moment when, when it's spring, just making me so much happier. And I think the last two years of having these various periods of being trapped indoors and just stuck on a screen all the time were really difficult for me so it's been great to get out and be able to do yeah whether it's more cycling or walking or otherwise and also do that with other people it's a really nice like social activity and um definitely cheers me from a like mental health perspective too mm, i'm completely completely the same i feel like you can't really you can't beat the feeling of just being outside and like using your body in whatever way to move around like it's just kind of the best mental health boost um so you know talking talking about um safety for children i know that you run a really cool um like bike bike rides um would you mind telling us a bit about that uh, so eight years ago i started a project called critical mass um and the idea was um at that point in time my child was three and we just got used to sort of cycling um, with having a, a child on the back of my bike and I was a bit nervous about it before I did that and then as soon as I did I was really loving it and my child was loving it it was just one of these like oh why didn't I do this sooner so I wanted to encourage other mums especially to get back on their bikes um, and get out cycling with their kids um, so I led rides pretty much every fortnight for about a year and we also were able to get a Dutch cargo bike and some other um, seats and things like that for people to try when I started the project with uh, Wellspring Healthy Living Centre uh, and since then I haven't been able to lead rides every fortnight um, in the last few years but um, we did just lead a critical mass ride last weekend which was part of an international critical massive movement where I think over 200 cities in Europe participated there are over 40,000 people that got out on bicycle rides um, really just to call for more infrastructure and raise the profile of children and families cycling I think people often forget that um, kids should be on bicycles and they really enjoy it and it's a great way to get around and get some physical activity as well mm-hmm. what um, what route did you take for the cycle on Saturday um, just a really short one um, so we did that event with Playing Out as well as We The Curious. So we met at Millennium Square and did some bling your bike activities um, and then uh, went from there to Castle Park. Um, and it was great to see we had about 50 or 60 people come, um, lots of uh, amazingly brightly decorated bicycles and um, enthusiastic children and parents as well. Mm-hmm. That sounds really cool. Um, so finally... What, what advice would you give to someone who wants to start using active travel more in Bristol, whether that be cycling, walking, wheeling, um, you know, people who might feel a bit daunted or not sure how to incorporate it more in their life? Uh, well, I think um, 
walking is so often overlooked um, again from um, our data that's just come out um, so many people do walk um, so many people would walk more if the environment was inclusive um, so there are a lot of amazing places to get out in Bristol we talked about a few of them um, but yeah just just get out on your you know on your feet or your mobility scooter wheelchair um, and explore some of the spaces near you if you can um, you might be surprised there's some amazing amazing places to go um, but yeah start small and and work your way up so again if you're on um, walking or wheeling or cycling um, you don't have to set out to you know cycle hundreds of kilometers um, from the first you know attempt just you know do something short and see how you feel and uh, enjoy the wind on your face and yeah enjoy it I think um, don't push push yourself too hard um, just have fun I think it is really fun you need to remember how much fun cycling and walking can be Zoe Banks-Gross there, the Head of Partnerships and Public Affairs, chatting to Betty Woolerton on the Bristol 24-7 Behind the Headlines podcast. Tune in again soon as we really do get behind the big stories in Bristol and talk to the people that are behind them. That's what independent journalism is all about. And you can support that for just £5 a month by becoming a Bristol 24-7 member. Some amazing perks and the knowledge that you're keeping independent journalism in Bristol alive. You can find out all the details at bristol247.com. The best £5 a month month i reckon you can spend you don't even notice it going out of your bank account trust me right tune in again soon as we take more big stories dissect them and talk to the people that are behind them it's the bristol 24 7 behind the headlines podcast i'm ian downs and we'll speak to you again soon